Hey babes, it's Natalie, and today this is a Chats with Nat and Kimberly Renee. This episode was recorded a few months behind as far as it is being aired, so please excuse any missed or outdated information that we give you. Alrighty babes, enjoy the show. This is CEO Chats, a candid and open convo about business as a female entrepreneur. Because not all CEOs wear suit ties and cufflinks. Hey babes, welcome to another show. And today is a Chats with Nat. And today who I have in the amazing hot seat, well actually I'm going to say pink seat because I like pink. Um, we have Kimberly Renee. So you guys might have remembered her from the Boss Ingredients. And yes, she was my co-host for the day. So she is slightly my co-host for today as well. So Kimberly Renee is an ex-chef. And she also is a kitchen adventurer um, with her brand Might Be Vegan. And she also is the host of the shows Vegan This, Not That, which you can find on YouTube. And also, she is airing a new new show that's coming in the month called The Short Vegan Show. And she's also a media personality. So definitely, we want to give you a warm welcome, Kimberly Renee. So go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey, what's up, everybody? They like, we already know you, girl. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you for joining the show, Kimberly. For one, this is probably just going to be a girl chat because me and Kim, um, obviously nobody on the show knows, but me and Kim talk probably like five days out the week (laughs) (laughs) about about like entrepreneurial struggles and we be just going at it with conversation. So Mm -hmm. always a good time to talk to Kim and just to learn from her. Um, and just to speak with her. So I'm very happy to at least have you on the show so we can finally talk. Because believe it or not, y'all, it's it's text. And it'd be some long text. <laughs> <laughs> so. Girl, let me, but seriously, though, I know you're talking about learning from me, but I learned from you, okay? We learn from each doing? other. So, I mean, those are the kind of relationships that I like where yeah. it's not, like, one-sided. You know, everybody's bringing something to the table to help each other out. Because I, I promise you, I'd be like, um, so, Natalie, what do I do with this? <laughs> Yes, so I'm all for as people know, and I'm I'm not the I'm not the fake type. Like I don't get on my podcast and I profess that I like women and you know love to be around women and and I really embody just friendly friendships as far as with women. Just because I used to be a tomboy, so now it's like oh my god, girls can do stuff that I do now. Now that I'm girly, it's weird. So <laughs> I always am really trying to connect and network with other female entrepreneurs that are out there. And just to get, um, I guess you can say more, like you said, knowledge. It's it's a transfer of energy that we should just be creating amongst ourselves because it's it's so so many of us. So yes, for these conversations. <laughs> mm-hmm. So let's jump right in. For those who didn't know um, or didn't even watch, which is no shade, no tea, um, boss ingredients. What we um, talked about and what we centered it towards was actually healthy lifestyle, healthy tips, um, whether that be mind, body, and soul into entrepreneurship. And 
me and Kim probably took girl how long did it like a month <laughs> to, to yes. plan yes to plan all of this out and to just think about what could we offer you guys as a total package um me being of course talking about girl bosses and then you got Kim who also a boss as well but speaking on the terms of healthy dieting and just healthy lifestyle living um, through food. And so we really um, put together, um, to me, I felt like a really good platform that I actually got a lot of feedback from um, okay. after those who were watching because it's I didn't really pay attention to those who actually um, do eat healthy um, and things like that or people who later listened and, and appreciated it. So how was it, you know, how was it for you on, on, the, on the other end being able to talk about that? Yeah. Well, I mean, we talked about so much. We talked about content as well. Um, we talked about social media, you know, sort of we talked about balance and kind of what that means in your life as it relates to entrepreneurship. But from my side, I thought it was um, it was personally fulfilling to be able to just sit and share um, because I love um, taking the information that I've gleaned over the last, you know, however many years I've been in entrepreneurship, you know, I think I started my first business when I was in like 14 years old. So this is something that I've been doing. And this was like pre social media. So before all of the information was available online, where you can just like Google it, you know, being able to like beat the streets and find a mentor, you know, that's sort of a big shift. But but back on topic, um, I think I, um, what I saw as we were sharing, there were a lot of people who were just like, I feel like I'm listening to a girl chat, but I also feel like I'm listening to a webinar where I can like sit and take some notes. So I thought that was just really good. Yeah, that's really, to me, that's really what I like to give them. And I feel I, like this is my first time going live and y'all know I'm not the best person in front of camera. And probably if you watched it, I was probably cockeyed. It's not the best <laughs> thing for me. Um, I've been working on that. <laughs> I really have. And I didn't have my glasses. They were sitting right across from me on the table. And <laughs> me thinking all these different failures in my head, it was just great to see um, people comment and it was just great to see afterwards the views as far as for the the next few hours over so I was just really happy that it, it actually did happen and a lot of people I think actually it, it to me it helped as far as on a boss status um see the engagement and see the incitement because insights I'm sorry because they tell me that they want to do more in person they tell me they want to do all these different things um and so seeing at least seeing video and seeing how that content works for them um, mm -hmm. And seeing the numbers and stuff like that increase really allow me to say, you know, what do you guys like? Because you guys will be quick to tell me uh, when I post something. Uh, but I really like to know out of the, the group um, what, you know, what people like or what, you know, to kind of play on that. So I for me, I'm so much of a listener that I'm not a like a viewer. Like I'm weird with that. So um, it was for for me, I, I think that everybody learns in a different way and, and takes information differently. So for me, it was a huge um, experiment to even try. And I think after, um, after that, I kind of got a little bit more comfortable in regards to being in front of the camera um, yeah. and stuff like that. So for me, I was like, Oh Lord, this is going to be hectic. It was my birthday <laughs> weekend. Like when I tell y'all I was up till six in the morning and all of that. And, and by the time I got to Kim, I was like half sleep, half dead. So, <laughs> but those conversations was really, really deep. So if you guys uh, want to watch that, I will definitely leave that, sh um, that show 
or that episode in the show notes below so you guys can click and watch that um i believe it's about an hour or so so definitely you know watch this late night or early morning while you getting ready um or while you about to go to sleep whatever time is your best time but me and Kim really had an in-depth conversation in general about her brand might be vegan and actually the 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 harm that we are doing to our body. So I'm going to give you the opportunity, Kim, to explain uh, might be vegan um, to those who just might not know. Yeah, sure. So might be vegan is is a culinary group. It's um, my own brainchild, something I came up with because of several things that had happened in my life, but, and I'll get to that in a second, but the purpose of might be vegan is really just to help people eat more plants. Um, you know, I think we, the American diet is, is very much centered around, um, meat and dairy. And I think some of that is because of, um, how the FDA, the government, um, and other big business have positioned, um, food for us because we have not always, um, had that as a standard, uh, simply because, um, you'll note that the amount of meat that is produced now, um, as compared per capita to, um, say a hundred years ago, um, is drastically different. So we're talking about like a really big shift in how we're eating. So, um, a lot of that is about, you know, dollar signs and not so much about health. Um, and ultimately we know that a plant-based diet actually is, has been proven over and over to reverse the impact of hypertension, to reverse, um, type two diabetes, uh, to help people see better, um, to help fight off, uh, dementia, uh, to help with, um, uh, treating heart disease. I mean, the list goes on pretty much just about any ailment that you can think of that you have experienced um, that you might be taking medication for, I believe that, and it's not just what I believe, it's actually scientifically proven that changing your diet um, to eating much better and much more focused on plants and, and less on meat, not to say that everybody has to give up meat, that's not what this is about, um, but doing that is can actually improve your health um, significantly. So my vision, mm-hmm, my okay. goal is to really just help people eat more plants, whatever that looks like for them. If that means they're going fully vegan, amen. Now you have a resource to help you to make that transition. Um, if you're going to go veganish, that's absolutely fine. Uh, but you know, the reason that I did this is partly because, um, my mom was diagnosed with hypertension. My mm-hmm. older cousin was diagnosed with hypertension and we needed to make a change in our family, but I don't live where they live. Um, so I needed a way to get stuff to them to help them do better. But then on top of that, um, I recognized at a very early age that the healthcare system in and of itself is not centered around helping you to live healthy, but rather more so about caring for you when you are sick. So the idea here is that we have to be in charge of our own healthcare. We have to be in charge of, of, of healing our bodies. So everything that we consume on a day-to-day basis, and I mean everything from, from every sensory angle, whether it is through your eyes, through your ears, um, through your mouth, all of that contributes to either your health or your demise. And so that's why it's critical for us to be um, attentive to what we put into our bodies. Definitely. And I, when I first kind of came across my be vegan, I I was cracking up because I'm like, that's about to be me. Cause <laughs> <laughs> like personal tip in time y'all. So me and, and Kim were taking a little minute because I was a little tardy to our interview because of the things I was putting in my body. I was having a <laughs> personal conversation 
with my stomach before this interview and I just it's like I I know better and I should do better and it's always funny to me because people always ask me what you how you eating this month or how you eating this day or whatever because I've been transitioning slowly but surely in in that transition I have I mean personally I have seen my skin just completely I, I look extremely youthful I'm like I didn't got right. Botox like yes girl yeah and then my hair oh my god it's been I shave I gotta like shave my underarms or whatever for like every three four days and it's like I think what it honestly is is just when you feed your body things that are living and continue mm-hmm. to live your body absorbs that life and it starts yes. to look life um youthful or, or so so yeah. especially those nutrients that i've been eating like i have been consuming a lot of mushrooms please y'all i've been struggling um trying not to get jerk chicken so i've just been <laughs> i've just been utilizing all my different seasonings to try my different um mushrooms but as you were saying there are so the health care is so not it's 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 as you say it's for it's it, they're there when when we are sick we need yeah. to start taking control over these produce um produce stores and these markets that's coming through here as well because we're not we're not eating healthy and um we kind of broke into that conversation um about in the boss ingredients talking about as far as mentally and physically you know, how to come to yourself daily, 100%. If I'm eating trash, if I'm eating cheese, for those who are also lactose intolerant like me, if I feed my body with nothing but cheese, I was late, you know, to this podcast episode because I'm feeding my things that are cancerous or could be cancerous. I'm feeding myself things that, like I said, I know is completely processed, but I'm completely just doing the stupid. And it's like, you know, it's just ridiculous so it's like i know i for me i know that when you guys make that shift whether or not like she said we're not trying to convince you to freaking just eat lettuce that is not the point the point some lettuce is fake but um but we're we're trying to get you to get an understanding that we have to eat we we have to eat to live and if we if if we are not doing that it's it's really like going in reverse of us trying to be a better us if that to me that's just how I feel so how did you like I know it was a transition completely for you like how did you slowly get to that point of being vegan wow um well I'll answer that question but I do want to throw out this recipe real quick for you for your jerk so um do so take your jerk spices, so your all your um your all spice, your cinnamon, your nutmeg, all the stuff that goes in the jerk, mm-hmm. um, and put that on pineapple instead, mm. and then make a wrap from that. So I did a in a couple of weeks ago in one of my um uh, recipe booklets that I do mm-hmm. every week, we did jerk pineapple. And so, um, and you, and if you do, if you're brave enough to do scotch bonnet, girl, go ahead. But I love my lips. So I'm keeping my <laughs> lips on. So <laughs> I just did like a little ancho chili powder instead of the, um, the scotch bonnet. So anyway, you just spice up your, um, 
your pineapples, you just cook mm-hmm. them a little bit in your spice. Once you get your jerk seasoning how you want it, toss up your pineapples in there a little bit. Like warm, just warm them up, allow, allow them to absorb some of that flavor, and then okay. make like a jerk wrap. So maybe put some rice on it, um, some beans, whatever you want to put in it. But mm-hmm. that's a way that you can get still get that jerk flavor. And then you got the sweetness of the pineapple, and those two go together really well. So yeah, anyway, I, so had, that's I had this this. If you guys follow me on my personal social media, you would have seen it. I, for the first time, had like this half of a pineapple. Like it was a pineapple bowl or something, I think they called it. Mm-hmm. And um, it was disgusting. I think it was the restaurant who made it. It was completely bogus. But the mixtures of the pineapple and the rice, I really did like. And it had a mango sauce. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it was great until I started getting into the cabbage or whatever that was. It was not let, um, it was not, um, it was not onion. I think I would have been fine if it was onion, but the cabbage was just like, come on, bro. Like, why are we doing this? We don't have to like, come on. You could have really saved a few cabbages out here. Like, why would you mix this? And so I think that's really the, the goal of me and anybody else who's trying to eat a little bit healthier is really moving towards um, better, better choices, but still kind of because it's hard. So I just got on the kick of mango. If I have like a pick of, of something fruity or not like fruity, but like candy. So like, I'll go to like fruit instead of like going and get some candy, but I'm definitely going to give that a try as far as like the, the pineapple and the tangy and, and tangy and sweet kind of thing. So I'm definitely going to give that to try. I might burn down the kitchen cause I don't know what I'm doing, <laughs> but I'm going to learn that. That's, that's really cool. Yes. And I did want to mention something. I know you were talking about fake lettuce. I've seen this little video of people like peeling what looks like plastic off of the top of a of lettuce. Um, it's not actually plastic. It's just the epidermis of the lettuce. Because, um, you know, like with skin, you have layers. Right. Um, if you were to just take like your purse, like your actual skin. And you remember, oh, you remember like, I don't know if you did this when you was like little, if you took like a... um one of those little, um, it's like not a pen, but it like snaps a safety pin. And did you ever like stick the girl. safety pin like under your skin? Did you ever do that or see girl, people girl. do? It? Now you know I'm squeamish. Oh god. Yeah. Oh god. Okay, I'm sorry, but you know, people did that. <laughs> or or think about this. How about did you ever put glue on your hand and let it sit and then try to peel it off? Yeah, I did that dumb stuff. You okay, right. okay, cool. So um, it's kind of like that, but like you have these many many layers all in your skin. The same way with lettuce, like it's not actually. Um, plastic. It's just part well, of the 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 one, I, the one I was talking about was when it was that Asian guy and he poured some chemical and like what? some. You didn't see that? No. Tell well, me about I, it. <laughs> don't mind if I do. So <laughs> <laughs> it was this Asian guy. Now, hopefully, y'all didn't see the video. If not, I'm gonna leave it in the show notes. If I can find it. If not, yell at me so I can find it later. Um, but it was this Asian guy. And he had like some liquid. It was liquid and it was like green. And he poured it into like, I don't know if it was another extra chemical or just water in general. And they kept flipping it, kept flipping it over and over and over until it actually turned into lettuce. And he cut it and he served it at his at his restaurant. So I don't know. I, it was circulating for Facebook for a minute. I don't know how you ain't see that. Oh, wait a minute. Hold up. I think I found it. Yes. Okay, pouring. Okay, let me look at this. What is it? 
green stuff. Yeah. You got white stuff. Two million views. How they make fake lettuce. See? See? Okay. This is how they make fake lessons to plan for display cases. Oh, blah. Hold up. Okay, then they put some green. Now, that's plastic, but they... Okay, hold up. I'm skipping through. <laughs> yes. I'm skipping through. Skin oh, wise. that's cool. Girl, that's... that's They're not, they not feeding nobody that. I ain't trying to hear that. It looked just like McDonald's lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> but, girl, this is, that's actually plastic, though. Like, the way he's handling this, I'm telling you, look at... If you go back and look at that video... Y'all, Kim's trying to get like him the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> it looks like actual plastic. It is right. not. Yeah. It's not um, flexible. Okay, so enough. what you're telling me is it's fake news that somebody told me that that's actually what be going on in kitchens. Okay, got you. I mean, I ain't never seen. <laughs> Where they get this from? I don't know. I mean, it do look like real lettuce. I mean, I'm waiting for. The, I didn't get to see them cut it, but but girl, <laughs> but that's not what I. That's not what I saw. What I saw was this girl went to the grocery store. She bought mm-hmm. some romaine lettuce or whatever she bought, mm-hmm. and then. After she got it home, she heated, did some, like, mm-hmm. she created a reaction to where the lettuce, you could now peel out, peel off the, the outer epidermal okay. layer. Um, and then she was like, oh, my God, there's plastic in the food. Don't eat lettuce. And it's like, oh, my God. Well, I, she- don't, I don't like iceberg lettuce, but I, I will do romaine. I will do that. I don't like iceberg lettuce too much. Just because that video scarred me, y'all. That's really what happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, but yes. Yeah, so, how did you like transition into like vegan? Did you just yeah. like cut everything out and go vegetarian then vegan? Nah, 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 nah. So I, I loved. Well, I'll just give you the whole the whole quick story. So, when I grew up, I was allergic to pretty much everything that most people ate. So I was allergic to chicken, tomatoes, um, cats and dogs, um, turnips, turnip greens, um, mustard greens. Um, I mean, if you think of, so, okay, just the fact that I'm allergic to tomatoes means that I could not eat pizza or spaghetti or ketchup or barbecue sauce. So imagine like what my childhood looked like because I just could not eat food. And that's just, that's the smallest of what I can remember. Like there was, the list is very long. Um, so I grew up only eating beef and pork basically because I didn't like the taste of fish after I was about eight years old. Because, you know, your palate actually changes every several years to where you're able to to um, like or then not like certain foods. Um, so around seven or eight years old, I started not liking fish. And so then I was eating beef and pork forever and ever. And then we know how those two things are not really good for our body. Um, pork because the... Um, you know, of the toxins and then beef because it stays in your system so long. Um, and then a whole bunch of other stuff in the middle that we won't go into now. But um, as a kid, um, I knew that I probably did not want to keep eating this diet because when I tell you going to the bathroom was table for me, See, I went to the bathroom maybe to do number two, maybe once or twice a week because what? of how no, like no lie. And here's the thing. The doctors told me that that was quote unquote normal. Oh, no, it's not normal for for feces to sit in your body (laughs) for three, four, five days. Now, babies poop every time they eat. Now, why would they say that? Exactly. And that's how I poop now. 
See, he just wanted your money so you can keep coming in there knowing something wrong with you. But he, what? you know, he got a, he got a band, so he got a. But that for. information is just false. Information false. There's no way you should have rotting food in your rotting flesh in your body mm-hmm. for weeks at a time. Think about what happens to rotting flesh when it's exposed to the elements. The first thing that happens is the the vultures come. And I don't mean like the bird vultures. I mean the the things that eat dead, right. decaying things. They come and consume it to get rid of it. Flies are attracted to it. Flies ain't attracted to to to, um, to nice things. <laughs> Other got your cookout and they're just hungry. But you know they typically um, what are those things called? Um, the little worms that come Maggots. out of stuff. Yes, yeah. that kind of stuff starts growing out of it. Like that's not supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. So I it wasn't until I was about twenty that I was no longer allergic to chicken and I started eating mostly fowl and I gave up the the beef and pork um, after that. Because when I would eat these things that I'm not aller- that I was allergic to, I would pretty much have a cold. And so I was always sniffing, my nose is running, my eyes are watering, my eyes are puffy. So it always looked like I had um, you know, some sort of communicable um illness <laughs> because my nose was running um and sneezing and coughing and whatever. So fast forward, um I really loved vegetables to be honest with you. I would prefer those over meat in, you know, general. Other you know, a pot roast was actually pretty good. I did like a pot roast. I like a good pot roast when it's falling apart. Um but but um nevertheless, um I decided not to give up chicken until actually the end of this past year. Um, I had this kind of moment with a bird where basically I was preparing a hen. And when you prepare hen, like you can see like all the whole body except for the head. And I just, you know, felt bad for the bird and was like, I'm sorry. And I just couldn't, I mean, (laughs) that's just real. I just couldn't eat it. Couldn't, I could not cook any more chicken from that point forward. Now I did eat it out. I went to, I remember going to, um, uh, the Battle of the Bands um, in Atlanta, and mm. they, all they had was chicken at the concession stands. And I was like, well, just go ahead and give me chicken and fries because I'm hungry. Um, <laughs> so I still ate it a little bit after that. But um, then eventually it just, it it was no longer necessary because I had mm-hmm. figured out how to, how to thrive on vegetables. Um, and I felt better and my life was changed like my skin now the types of gouts that I have now mm-hmm. are only topical breakouts so let's say um, my hair bonnet fell off and I got oil on my um, my pillow right. and then I laid on it and then I got a little white bump from that oil on my face you know it's that kind of breakout mm-hmm. not up under my skin I got um, you know hormonal bumps or um, the acne type thing so that has completely changed um, part of that is because really mostly all I drink now is water and lemonade I have no intention of giving up lemonade it is my favorite drink it is the thing that <laughs> I always have in my refrigerator so it's gonna happen um, but other than that those are pretty much the two things that I drink and it's mostly water um, yeah. or 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 water that's like 90% water and like 10% lemonade so yeah. Yeah, um, that's pretty much my transition. And I think the thing that I struggle with the most is figuring out what to eat at first. And that's why I created this business, because I wondered if people were experiencing the same thing. Because I'll be honest with you, like I've seen a ton of recipes out there. There's a whole bunch of vegans out there making food. Ooh, girl, try this, eat this. I tried a few and most of it was nasty. And I'm like, how am I supposed to know this is good? Because y'all out here giving this four or five star ratings and it's nasty. So I was like, nah, man, like I just need, I need some people who understand the flavors that I love. Shameless plug. So I was watching her, uh, which we'll get into shortly. I was watching her vegan um, that not, her vegan is not that 
first episode or one of the episodes. And the Mackendees, the <laughs> so <laughs> please explain the first episode so I can because I can't stop laughing because I was dying <laughs> laughing. Okay. So vegan this vegan this not that it's a um it's a web series we have on YouTube and Facebook, and what I do is go to different restaurants, some of them vegan, some of them not, and just really helping people to identify the good vegan options at those places. Um, so we went to this restaurant in the first episode, and um, interesting enough, when we got there, the gentleman was telling us, you know, you know, we're really health conscious here, you know, everything that we do, everything is healthy, this that or da da da, and. First of all, that's false, number one, because your entire menu is halfway fried, okay? You can't come to me and say, my menu is healthy when 75% of your stuff is fried, number one. Number two, so we tried the food. Now, I'm going to tell you, the the uh, there was one dish that I had that was really, really good, so I got to go and check that out. Mm-hmm. But when I got to the mac and cheese, I swear to you that my body reacted to it. Like, it was... So I took a bite and at first it was like, nah, this, this just don't taste right. It don't even taste like mac and cheese. It tastes like something else. I don't, I don't even know what that something else is. Cause I've never, <laughs> so I, but then a few seconds after I was sitting there, girl, I got nauseous. My body was like, get rid of this now. I was like, Oh, like and you, you can literally see this on the video where I'm like, I like low key gag <laughs> on the episode. Like WTF is going on. So I don't know what was in it. They said that they made the cheese themselves. And I'm like, well, don't ever make it again ever in your life. It didn't smell like macaroni and cheese. It didn't look like macaroni and cheese. It didn't taste like macaroni and cheese. It was just a concoction of of disgustingness. My cousin mm-hmm. was was working as a production assistant on that episode. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of times people be like, girl, you just be exaggerating. You just did it. I was like, well, go ahead and try it then. Go okay. ahead. Eat this right here. Okay. So she, I split it over to her. She said, she called me after. She was like, girl, I was sick for like 30 minutes after I left that. And I had mm-hmm. one bite. I said, I know what I'm talking about. Okay. Like, I'm, and generally, I'm pretty nice. Like, if it's mm-hmm. something that's average, I'm going to be like, okay. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be petty. You know, you give it Right. A- I'm not going to be petty. But if it's disgusting <laughs> and it needs to die, like, do not ever bring this back to the show. Okay? Do not ever bring oh, this back God. to the restaurant. <laughs> Kill it right now. Well, I get the whole thing away. I got that meme in there. Y'all know what I'm talking about. It always stirs up around the 4th of July, Christmas, and Thanksgiving when they be like, man, who made this shit? <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> And that's the face you gave when you did it. So I was completely Ooh. dead. So it's a man. I didn't try some stuff at, at these little potlucks as far as me and, and just college. And I'm just like, come on. But it, that was to me the most funniest thing that I, that the laugh <laughs> that I needed that day. Cause I didn't yeah. said it plenty of times. Like I tell my family, I, I stopped making certain things now. Cause I, I messed up one time and I did have that situation where somebody was like who made the meatloaf and I'm like oh god you know (laughs) so Mm -hmm. and sometimes I think that's the best thing to do is self experiment you know with your food and 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 see and try different things before you actually present it to people but then again sometimes people taste buds be off Sometimes, I mean, people people taste things differently. You know, I learned right. 
Um, well, there's a couple of things. Number one, there's certain people who are what we call super tasters. Mm -hmm. So the way they experience food is very different than the way that everybody else experiences food. Um, then there's some people who I call, um, non tasters who can pretty much just eat anything as long as it don't taste like poop. You know, they're like, oh yeah, this is fine. Oh yeah, this is fine. I just call it a vacuum girl. They eat everything. <laughs> That's what I call them. <laughs> right. But then there are some people who are not very discriminating. Like I can handle things as long as they're like not crazy. Um, but I do have a sensitive palate, meaning I can taste everything. Mm -hmm. So, and I think that's part of the reason why I can cook the way that I is because you give me a recipe, you can give me a dish, let me taste it. Yeah. And then I can start writing down what's in it just from it, from sitting yeah. right there. Yeah. Um, but not everybody can do that. Um, so how do you make that kind of work with your your clients or do they like have to pick from a menu when you do your yeah. your personal um, yeah. cooking for them? Yeah. So I think the first, usually the first couple of times that I go, I'm trying to figure out their taste buds. Okay. Um, usually the first consultation is I'm letting them try a couple of things, see what they like, what they prefer. Um, and then I'm asking questions because and sometimes people be lying because they don't know they be lying. <laughs> but most people are addicted to are addicted to sugar, but they don't realize it until they start working with somebody who's like, okay, cool. We're not going to do any sugar in this recipe. Oh yeah, that'll be fine. Cause you know, we don't really add a lot of sugar, but right. what they don't realize is most foods, especially when you're buying out is loaded with sugar and salt. Yeah. So then when I come in and I'm like, okay, cool. So I'm, I put a little bit of salt, but no sugar in this. They're like, Oh my God, that was so bad. That don't taste right. What? Now, now, here, now here's the thing. And I, and I said, now when we had this conversation, you told me that you don't add any sugar. It was okay for us to do no sugar. Mm -hmm. so what I did so so here's a here's a trick for like sweet potatoes or yams or not yams let me just say like a baked sweet potato you can have a baked sweet potato if your body has already been weaned off of sugar to where you can actually taste the natural sugar in things and it's not at that I'm addicted to sugar level right um, think about it like this when you go and you start drinking alcohol probably the first time you drink you get drunk like super quick. But the more that you drink, the more likely it is that your tolerance is going to go up. It's sort of like that idea. The same thing with sugar. The natural state of a sweet potato, if you bake it right, it has sugar in it. So when you when you bake it and if you just sprinkle a little bit of salt, then the, the natural sweetness of the sweet potato will come out. Now, if you're not accustomed to that and you're still addict addicted to sugar, you're going to have to add sugar. It's going to taste like nothing. But for me, I can actually taste the natural sugar of the food. But I understand that not everybody is in that same place. So when I'm working with the client, I like to ask these things. Okay, tell me, like, where is your sugar tolerance? Because, A, I want to help you wean off of it um, because of the connection between um, sugar and disease. But then also, I want to make sure that I'm getting the right levels. But when people don't tell me the truth, then we end up with a scenario where you're like, oh, I don't like the sweet potatoes because I can't taste, they taste bland. Like actually they don't taste bland. Um, you just can't taste it because of where your tongue is right now. And so that's not a problem because I can turn it up. You know what I mean? So I turn it up for the client, but it's all about knowing where you are. And some people just don't realize that where they are with their taste buds. So do you feel like, or, or what is like most of your, as far as being a chef, let's say maybe someone wants to get into Speaking about healthy eating or just talking, me might not even be a healthy eater. You might be a, a, a heavier eater. Um, what what are some of like your pain points that you kind of see within your business besides from like the 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 taste shock? Yeah, um, I would say time management because there's always so much going on, and then when you're in the kitchen, you can't do anything other than be in the kitchen. 
you know, when you have other um, gigs and opportunities, like with my uh, with my other business, um, I can address something with a client from pretty much anywhere. I can be walking down the street and address something with a client. But when you're in the kitchen, like that's really it. Like you can't like your phone is not going to be out because it's not sterile. So you got to keep your hands together. You know what I mean? You can't just be on your phone because, you know, you go people go to the bathroom with their phone. So there's a little bit of everything on their phone. So you can't have that in there. So I think that's probably my biggest pain point is when I have to block out so much time when I'm in somebody's kitchen that I cannot do anything else. And so when I'm out of the kitchen now, it's like I got to deal with so much. stuff. So that's my biggest pain point. Um, being able to get to a place where I can bring in um, an assistant since it's a new business. Mm-hmm. Um, we just don't have the revenue yet to do that. But that is definitely um, in the plan. Uh, what I'm working on right now is the um the web series that we talked about and then right. taking that so that it can build much more of a following and then start to um have sponsors for the shows and then that'll give me a lot more freedom to bring in somebody to assist because then they can sort of fill in those gaps um but from any business perspective when it comes to marketing marketing is always going to be um a pain point i say that in, in quotes because yeah. you have find, you have to connect with your people. It's something that you have to deal with every single day, finding new customers, um, creating that loyalty. Um, and I know we talked about, you know, having a client that didn't necessarily like, you know, a sweet potato thing, but that that's not, that's not an everyday occurrence. And that's not something that's really even a big deal because it's like, okay, cool. Let me just grab some brown sugar and stir it up. You know, it's not even like, that's like a non, that's a non-factor. Um, for me, it's about finding the creative space to keep, to keep coming up with new dishes because with the subscription service, I try to come up with something new every single week. And so that means I have to find inspiration every single week and then get in the kitchen, prepare it, um, master it, write it out so that somebody else who is not a chef can repeat it. And so that's probably the big, the hardest part of what I do is making sure that I find that creative space to give people things that taste good. Um, so they're not just eating the same stuff or stuff that they would have, um, could like, we don't want spaghetti every time, you know, every week, like y'all know how to make that. You don't need me to tell you how to make that. Yeah. So if you, if you, let's say if anybody is, cause you know, for me, I definitely feel like I need to go on a meal, not like a meal plan, but like no what things to eat and, and, and to reverse exactly how I've been eating. What are like some tips that you have for people to kind of stay on track of that? Cause I always, oh, I know like personal trainers and I know other people who do meal plans and stuff like that. And they always talk about that. People have a hard time following <laughs> what they say. You miss yeah. leg day or you miss this day or you take six cheat days, you know, like, right. <laughs> yeah, of course you're not going to get that expectation of what you're looking for. So what, right. what do you try how do you try to encourage your clients to actually follow your diet plan or you know yeah. what you have? Yeah, well, it's not a diet plan, um, but you can modify anything that I do to fit whatever your your needs are. Say if you're gluten-free, there are going to be gluten-free options. If you are not eating carbs, there's carb-free options. But in order to encourage people to stick to a diet, you just got to make it taste good. And that's the problem when it comes to, you know, when a trainer tells you, okay, eat chicken, broccoli, and rice every day, you be like, honey, listen, no. Like, at some point, I'm going to get tired of eating this broccoli. But if you give me broccoli five different ways, maybe once a week, maybe I can handle that. Um, Or if you make my rice taste a little bit different this time than it did last time, um, then that's cool. But the thing is, like, trainers are really just focused on, let me, okay, count the macros, this, that, make sure the protein numbers are here, blah, blah, blah. They're not thinking about the fact that you are 
a you eat because it tastes good, not because you are training. Like not everybody's built that way. Like I'm not built to where I just eat because I'm supposed to. Like I'm not gonna put that in my mouth just because I'm supposed to have it. Like what? Who? No. Who does that? That's that's the that's the battle that I'm having. I'm like, people are now thinking that I'm wanting to be eating healthy because I'm trying to get a goal. I'm like. The whole month of June, y'all, I did not know I lost 20 pounds because I just wasn't like, I just, I just was going on a hiatus from a lot of things. It was personal. It was relationship wise. It was eating wise. And when I noticed that I couldn't fit my clothes no more, that's when I was like, oh my God, like I didn't lost my all. And so people, and I, I actually had this conversation with myself this morning um, because I'm like, I'm 195 now and I'm just like, are you trying to continue to lose weight? Like, what are you going to try to do? Like, and into my head, I was like, man, at the end of the day, if I'm, if I'm hungry, I'm going to eat, I'm going to eat when I want to eat. You know, Mm -hmm. it's just, I'm just going to change up my choices and and what I do eat and try to eat more naturally. So me, me getting into morning star and stuff like that for me is a hindrance because I'm like, I'm not ultimately eating, um, more naturally It's just substitutes, but it's a trial and it's a progress and it's going to continually be a progress because I'm going to, I'm going to remember that I ate these meats, but it's, it's at a point where now, especially with red meats that I don't crave it. With poultry, I still do, and it's hard for me because I just love fish. So um, it's hard well, for me to kind of like break that. But I definitely yeah. like, like you said, it's not a diet. It's not. It's not like the keto diet. I'm not trying to get you to. You have to eat this for one day, then eat all your fats this day, and then blah blah blah. I like that you give them the freedom to know that. Look, we all hungry. I love food. It's not that I. It's not that I'm trying to get you to a weight loss. It's time I'm trying to get you to understand that this with this and this and that tastes like heaven. So I, I love that that kind of atmosphere that you create. Yeah, and the main thing, like, so if you like the fishy taste then there's ways to make that without actually having to eat fish. Mm-hmm. If you like the chicken texture, there's ways to do If you like this, like anything that you like, there's a way to do it with a plant and not, and I'm not talking about Morningstar or gardening or corn or any of those brands. I'm talking about actual plants that you can use to make those flavors and get that texture that you like. Um, whether it is a mushroom or um, a chickpea, um, And that's really the way that I try to view food is Mm -hmm. let me think about the foods that I like. You know what I like, you know, as a real simple thing, I like a good old tuna salad. I know it's real simple (laughs) and, you know, it's, it's hella cheap, but it's a good little take, take to work. As long as you don't smell fishy, like a just good little text to work. So I made Mm -hmm. that with chickpeas and then we used seaweed to give it the fish flavor. Now you got everything that you wanted in a tuna sandwich without actually eating tuna or say I wanted to do. So this past week I did um, what I'll call a chicken cacciatore with mushroom instead of chicken. Mm-hmm. And so I took the oyster mushroom, took out the little petals, did it in a really, um, in what I would traditionally do like a fried chicken in, in that batter, put that in the batter. And I'm like, girl, this just tastes like chicken. Like <laughs> I had to check myself like, Oh shoot, look at that. And so I put mm-hmm. that in the, this week so now we got a chicken cacciatore that you can use um put on pasta or not pasta if you're not doing um 
uh, carbs like that. And now you've got chicken cacciatore. Um, and it may not look like the big chicken breast, mm -hmm. but you still have the flavor that you get from a chicken breast. Cause I'm not about like, I don't, I'm not trying to recreate and pat it down and chop it up and make it look like chicken mm -hmm. to confuse your brain. Like baby, this is a mushroom. You just gonna have a good flavor, you know? Right. Right. So I'm, I'm gonna really have to research how I've been eating and what I've been doing because I'm really, since I have not been eating certain things now, now, like you, like you were saying, I just had to find what I really need to eat and to get better at. So, cause I'm, yeah. Um, for me, I love how much progress I have gotten done with my with within our media because now I'm to me I just feel mentally I'm thinking clearer, I feel healthier, and I notice like I used to always think like why the hell is these vegan and vegetarian people so perky like what is this like is that is that the I mean is that the cult is that how you supposed to act and then it's like. No joke, y'all. When you eat better, you literally feel better. And when I quickly um, kind of like, not like quickly, but honestly I did. Like one la the last day I think I had Harold's chicken. Um, and then I just was like, cut it all off. But um, I had went on a complete like detox for like two or three days until my poop turned green. Just so mm -hmm. I can clearly like push everything out. And so from like I was saying from those from that moment that's when I started losing that weight and now I'm really cautious about um how I'm spending my money on certain foods when I'm like I can actually just take some time and meal prep and make this and feel a lot a lot better and I'm able to be more productive just because mm -hmm. I'm you know, like I said when you I don't think people pay attention but when you're eating certain things it's already got different chemicals in it. You're chemically imbalanced. Women, we go through some chemical imbalances once a month. And so when it's just heightened, it can make things so much worse. So when I started eating better and just doing a lot of more things, I'm, I'm more... I'm more clearer and soother now and, and, and it's, it helps me so much better in what I have to do with my life. So how did you start? Because I, obviously I, you're definitely an influencer and definitely an advocate for those women who are struggling with meals to, to eat healthier and stuff like that. How mm -hmm. did you start getting into um, these web series and in, in, in the YouTube and Facebook videos? Yeah, well, um, I I always knew that I wanted to have a cooking show, um, and I think I may have shared a little bit of this story from with you before, if I if I remember correctly. But when I was growing up, you know, most of the time that I spent with my my grandmother, like over the summer, like my mom was, you know, out doing stuff, I would she and I would watch the Food Network, and oh, and The Price is Right, <laughs> and so. Um, I loved that. Like I would just be enthralled with those shows. Um, and even in my early twenties, um, I was, um, writing personally a lot more and putting like blogs on different places. And every time that I would put my signature on an article, like you can even Google it right now. If you look at my name, if you Google my name and then you Google, um, Oregon Trail and Taste, you'll see what I'm talking about. So I would pretend like I was in my kitchen on an episode of the any show on the Food Channel, like all the time. So um, I knew that I wanted to get into doing that. And ultimately, I would love to have like a, um, a show on Food Network. 
or a, a station or channel similar. So when the opportunity presented itself where I saw that someone was looking for um, hosts for vegan specific content, I was like, I raised my hand. And then I started putting those videos out there. And then I got approached by two completely different networks to do the same thing for with them. So all of these shows are actually being produced by three different networks, um, all of them with their own audience, their own, um, you know, flavor and preferences, but I'm super excited really just to produce more content and then like help people because, you know, I have, um, next year, my plan is to actually do, um, for a couple of months, like tour around, um, the country and host like events and then like film in different cities and try different restaurants all over. Um, but that's really what I want my life to look like, to be able to share with people, cook for people, um, wash their faces when they try new dishes and show them that they can't eat plant-based. Um, last weekend I was in Charlotte, North Carolina and I, I was at the, um, host's house. Um, basically the person who said, yes, you can cook in my house. Um, and they have like a really nice kitchen. And so as soon as I left, so they get like all the leftover stuff that we hadn't opened. And as soon as I left, I got a message that said, hey, in this other stuff, did you put such and such in it? Because we're making it right now. But that's how much they love the food. Not obviously they still had some leftovers, but like for the last three, four days, they've been making the stuff that I made for them. And that kind of thing makes me happy because then I'm able to say, I'm actually making an impact with this family because that is not just them. It's the mom, it's the sister, it's the host, it's, you know, three and four kids. And now we've impacted like three generations of people to help them eat better. And so that for me is, is what it's about because now if they decide to, they have ammunition to be plant-based and to, to live healthier. See, and I love that. Don't it just make you get all warm hearted when you feel like you're helping somebody? Like when y'all be commenting on my pictures, tagging me in posts, I be like, oh my God, you know, (laughs) but it's, that is something really to truly be proud of because just to get on the color tip, black culture, we do not eat well. It's infused in us to have soul food and all these different things based upon you know how we ate back in the day and so we don't we are the quickest to to say what we not gonna eat or (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. we are the quickest to deny something healthy whether Mm -hmm. that is physical health mental health or actual um eating as far as like you know that kind of health and I don't know and it's I don't I don't I wouldn't say it's genetic I think it's culture Correct. Um, because we we just don't we we don't exercise where we don't and it's I don't know you know literally why we it's just grandma didn't work out I don't want to work out and or grandma was perfectly fine or man diabetes running the family but we don't right. do nothing about it so right. and so um we have the hardest time making a shit and making a change and I think that's culturally that that's that's how it is because most of our thinking is 
you know, that's how such and such was doing it. So we just don't keep it doing it like that. We're so traditional in the mm-hmm. way in which we do things. And, and some other people actually are the same exact way. There's other traditions in different cultures who are the exact same way, whether you're mm-hmm. African, Asian, Caribbean, whatever, Jamaican, however, like, nope, we use this. This is what we going to be using, you know? So <laughs> it's, to me, it's culture, but specifically because I'm black. So I, I just know my people. So right. I know that we have the hardest time. Like we can have six family members die from diabetes and right. we still have those foods That's right. at, at the repast that just right. kill granny. And I think that we don't put enough, which we have so many other um, black fitness health um, influencers, but we you know, that mind shift is deeper than what we think. And so in order, and, and for you to actually see the fruit just transform like that from your followers, as far as mm-hmm. like them taking into consideration what you're doing or the people actually interacted with you, that is yep. a beautiful transformation. That's a life transformation. Seriously. Right. right. Absolutely. And I, you know, what's interesting, there's this, there's this thing that I've talked about before where, you know, the, the idea of soul food mm-hmm. is, um, it began as a victory because, you know, the reason that we cook the way that we do is because um, slave owners um, only gave us certain things that we could use. So when mm-hmm. you only have the feet of a pig or when you only have the the leftover vittles, you're able to make something that tastes good. That's a victory. Right. Because of your circumstances. But the question now is, if we are free, then why are our bodies and our mouths still enslaved? And I think that's a question that we have to ask our family members when we're still eating certain things that we know are not healthy for us. And we're not just we're and we're eating them regularly. It's one thing to have something in moderation where it's like it's Christmas. I'm having my pig foot. Okay, amen. That's disgusting but you do you. But when you make that a regular part of your diet, then I feel like we're still giving um, leverage to the people that enslaved our ancestors. Real talk. Because when you have an opportunity to change your life and you don't, I can't, I can no longer be responsible. When you're looking, like you said, at a grandmother and an auntie and a whoever and they're passing. And then somebody comes and says, Hey, I can give you the same flavors that you like, but make it healthier. Then there are no excuses. And that's really what I want to make this, uh, make this about let's make help being healthier. One, a thing of where you no longer have an excuse. You can't say, well, this don't taste good. Okay. I got, I got something for that. Now what's your excuse? Oh, so, um, the vegan stuff costs too, costs so much. I said, nope, mm-mm, it doesn't. Because let me show or you where you can go. Man, I ain't trying to do all that vegan stuff. Like, okay. <laughs> well, I mean, is you, I mean, you gonna cook or not? I mean, because you. So, I mean, you can eat all of that frozen processed food, but your body is not made to to mm-hmm. process inorganic food. Mm-hmm. So, when somebody is making stuff in a laboratory, your body's not made for that. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of like when you. <laughs> so, when I was little, my um, my cousin swallowed a marble. Now, what happened with that mar? What happened with that marble? It came right back out the other side oh, because God. it's not, it's not organic, right? It's not, it's not organic. It's inorganic. Oh, and so, what happens? So, when you make something inorganic and you try to trick the body to say that this is actually food, 
then what happens is your body then absorbs and finds a place for inorganic material. And that's when you start saying, okay, now I'm struggling with disease because your body is a strong, your body is strong. It's like, we don't know what this is, but we're going to figure it out. Y'all let's get to work. So everybody in there working, trying to get process through what you just put in it, even though it doesn't belong. But when you build up these resistances, eventually those resistances turn into diseases. So say, for example, um, you're not supposed to have as much sugar as you may be consuming. And so eventually your body is like, y'all, we can't keep, we're running out of the energy to deal with this sugar at the rate that you're putting it in. Like we, we just getting low on it. And now, but then you're calling that diabetes runs in the family. It's like, no, diabetes runs in sugar. So we just need to figure out how to eat better, ultimately, because I think most illnesses can be resolved by diet. Not everything. You know, some things have nothing to do with diet. And we understand that. Um, but a lot. But even mental health, which we talked about um, before when yeah. we did our boss ingredients. So I mean, we won't have to repeat that, but that's something to go listen for. Yeah, definitely. And I, I'm glad that you really touched on and breaking down where that where that kind of came from. And like you said, a lot of that was just stuff thrown at us and we had to make way with what we had to make way with. And yeah. now that and this I love and I say this all the time, you when you know better, you do better. What you know better, then do better, you know, and I think that we have incorporated food so much into our culture and the way that we live that we think that is the lifestyle of how to so I think that's really why it's the hardest transition um, for us and it's like a mental thing that we have to just shift and change but I love that you, you know, you are trying to change that you're speaking from of course a tone of I know you love food because I don't know about you guys, but I feel like black people love food. We just love an, an, an opportunity to eat. <laughs> like yeah. we really celebrate. We celebrate with food. We celebrate with that. And, and then, like I said, I can only speak of my own culture. I don't know too many um, as thorough, but I do know others as far as Latina. They definitely always celebrate with some food. And some of those foods are high as far as in sodium, as far as other fattening, different things like that. Um, but that's just some of how our culture is. We, we eat and we happy when we eat, we get fat and we, you know, get the itis and that's the best. In all mm -hmm. totality, I never really ate soul food cause I hated feeling sleepy because then I had to wait till my mom drive me home and she don't ever be ready. So I was just like, <laughs> I'm not going to eat this cause I know what happened last time and I was ready to go two hours and now, and then she told me I couldn't. So I was never a soul food eater. Like I never had candy yams. I never had any of that stuff y'all. So y'all can go ahead and revoke my card if that's how y'all feel. <laughs> <laughs> but I just never ate it. So some of the stuff I really don't even miss. I never had, like I never had um, collard greens, all that different stuff, just because I, I thought it smelled weird. So <laughs> <laughs> collards do have an interesting smell, God. but I do like collards and I do make them, but they definitely smell funny. Yeah. And I just, um, I, I, I follow a few other people who do, um, who do uh, po social posts about uh, recipes and stuff like that. And someone just made something with some spinach. Um, and it was like wrapped up with tofu, whatever it was. I'm definitely going to give it a try. Just know that. So, <laughs> but how did, how do you, how, how do you move now knowing that 
your platform is growing, knowing that you have people um, that you're influencing and transforming on a personal in-person level and then also on the media as well. So how do you how, um, how do you start planning ahead, especially with the show that's coming out in another month? Um, or, or so how do you, you know, what are your goals now that you really have for might be vegan and in your other two shows and stuff like that? Yeah. Well, I mean, ultimately I want this story and the story of how you can, um, change your life to really, um, penetrate in, um, specifically the African-American community, not to say that, you know, no other, group of people can benefit because it is not discriminatory. Um, but I understand where I come from. And so I know, um, I understand how we eat and I know the flavor that I can bring to that group. Um, and we know, I mean, we, we know all types of people like soul food. Mm -hmm. So if you like those flavors, but I'm also just, I'm also bringing flavors from around the globe. We're not just talking about, um, uh, shrimp and grits, which I have a recipe for, for shrooms and grits. And we're not just talking about, um, like muffalettas from like New Orleans, which I just did a, an Italian press sub and that was um, similar to that flavor. So we do have the Southern flavors, but then I've also got, um, curry and I'm taking things from the, uh, the Mediterranean, Mediterranean diet. We just did two weeks ago, a tabbouleh recipe, which is, a um, um, a Jewish sort of, uh, Mediterranean, uh, salad that you can make with like couscous. So it's a whole bunch of way. It's a, it's a whole bunch of, um, flavors that, you know, from different places, restaurants that I've been to in different cities and countries that I've been to and bringing that in a way that is palatable for, um, the, the average, um, American and Canadian and, you know, people who are kind of eat like us. Um, but, but big picture, what I'm looking at is I really want that to be far reaching. Um, I would love to, um, have a show very soon on a networked, um, mm -hmm. channel. Um, I I'm going to have a book soon. Um, I've got an interesting idea for how I want to, to write a book. So I want to have a cookbook. Mm -hmm. Um, and a few other things. I mean, there's lots of, there's lots of little ideas and, and whatnot that's, that are coming down the, the pipeline. Um, but everything is really exciting right now. You know, I think I said before that we're, we're looking at sponsorships at the moment. Um, so, but it's all really fun. Yeah, I'm that's I'm very excited. I'm all for growth and everything like that. And if you guys have not even just Google Kimberly and you will definitely see exactly what she's talking about as far as just her the things that she has coming in. I, I definitely can see it. And you already are making like your platform already for your brand. You have video content, you have photo content, you definitely have great, great, great um, verbal skills that can definitely to take on to being a TV personality. So I'm definitely here for the growth of Kim seriously. Cause I, oh, for, for me, I don't see too many people. Um, for me, like I said, there's, there's so many different people who do what other people do. People gonna people gonna live cause we all have to live, but it's in a matter of how we live, you know, and it's not so many people that I know, uh, with of course the personality is Kim the enthusiasm to help people like you know as far as eating better and different tips and stuff she picks up on um and sharing that so I definitely know you know coming across your spirit with someone to transform their healthy lifestyle and possibly even losing weight or just ultimately feeling better will really really do some great justice for as far as whoever whoever partakes in you so I'm really happy for you Kim oh you thank go you ahead and be great Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to give you 
two questions that I always try to make sure I ask my guests before we head out. The first question is any advice that you can give someone who is trying to start a business the same as you, which I kind of already asked the question, but any advice that you can give anybody who is trying to be um, in the position or work towards what you're trying to do now with, with your business, any advice that you, you want to give to them? Um, I would say ask questions, um, you know, start looking at who might be doing something similar to what you're doing or maybe something adjacent, maybe not exactly the same thing. And then ask specific questions. Um, I get people ask me questions all the time, like, um, how did you grow your social media following? That is not a, a one answer question like that's do you have 30 minutes to sit down and talk? Right. But if you're able to take your questions and then maybe talk to someone and ask them something very specific, you'll find that you'll learn things that you did not know and get your answer very quickly. Um, I'll give you an example. My very specific question to um, another marketer was, I'm looking for influencers to be brand ambassadors. Where do they live? Meaning, where can I find them? Because I knew the path that I wanted to go in. I just, I needed one little piece of information. Where do I find it? And she was like, here, 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 and here. Done. Now I'm able to take that information and then skyrocket based on what I'm doing. But I have to ask the question. And I think there's so much stuff on the internet that you can sit and consume it for hours. There are courses that you can sit for for hours and pay thousands of dollars to hear this information. But if you begin to build relationships with people online, and genuinely try to get to know them, then they'll open the door for you to ask questions where you can, the same way that me and Natalie talk all the time. I had a question for her the other day. I said, Natalie, how do I scale my commenting? Because I'm talking to a lot of people. I didn't ask the question exactly that way, but she knew the question I was asking. And then she gave, and then she said one answer, boom, save my whole <laughs> life. But, <laughs> but if you see, my questions are specific because I've already kind of built out a little bit of a plan of what I'm trying to do. And I'm learning from different people. I'm absorbing from different places. But if you can ask specific questions, I feel like those those are the answers that can help you to grow quickly and then get meaningful information from people. Because, A, if you're an entrepreneur, you're going to be busy. So I don't have the time to sit down and text you, you know, the answer to an, uh, an open-ended five-hour question. I can't do that. But if you ask me one question that's really specific, I can help you. Um, and so I think that's just for anybody, finding people who are doing things well and then finding ways to build a relationship with them and ask them questions. Um, the other thing that I – oh, you said one thing. That was the one thing. Okay. No, you can say, you know, one of the uh, tips. <laughs> um, uh, be prepared to create content and have at least somewhat of a vision of what you want to do. I always tell people when they're first getting started with social media is pick three ideas that represent your business. If you, um, because it's really easy to go up and start putting a, up a whole bunch of motivational quotes, but everybody's doing that. She's coming. So, at me, y'all. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, so have three big ideas. What do you want to talk about? So I sat with somebody who is a comedian the other day and I said, what are the three things that you, um, three areas that you want to represent? And he was like, well, you know, I, I really like showcasing my relationship with my dad because he's hella funny. And that's kind of where I got my comedy from him. I said, okay, cool. So dad, you and dad. And he said, also, I'm also really big into fitness. And I said, well, how does that relate to, um, comedy? And he explained that I said, cool. And then he had one more and he was like, well, obviously I have to showcase my, my standard 
it up. So I want to make sure that I have video. I said, boom. So now when you're creating content every single week or every whenever you sit down and you categorize all your ideas and you make sure they fall into one of those pillars or you just sit and one day you, you write ideas for one pillar, but it helps you to, um, helps your brain to organize your ideas. So you don't feel like you're having to come up with something out of thin air, you know? So it's kind of, it helps to frame it. So, um, that's always a really great way to get started if you're doing um, social media and don't spam people either. I just say that. Yeah. Fashion Nova posts, I want to say six to seven times a day, but they can do that because that's their audience, you know? Right. And they're big. If you're starting, just starting off, oh, no, no. (laughs) You know, just pick the peak times of that audience and then, you know, kind of go from there. Um, So, because you just, like you said, you don't want to spam people and they be like, oh, God, I don't want to, I'm cool. I don't need to watch this. Nothing like that. So, and on top of that, it can get so time consuming to even create this, to post it, to use this, use that. Um, different captions to 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 even try to do that and so which is why um you know I had no problem trying to help you with as far as like how do you you know do your engagement marketing um but strategically kind of do it in a different way um you know so it's it to me I do like that 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 tip that you got so the other question the last question I always ask is what are the do's and don'ts to exactly what it is that you do what are like what are some do's and don'ts to being an influencer or being a part of a video series what are some what are some things that you should do or shouldn't do um oh that's a that's a lot uh (laughs) okay so when it comes to video um I would say you have two ways you can go about it um you can learn to edit yourself you can learn sort of um what it takes to um, to film yourself and do all that. I know a ton of people who do that. Um, I bought, I went and I bought some equipment so that I could have it if I needed it, but not everybody is going to have that budget. Um, so I would say find an individual that you can potentially barter with, um, to where if you have a service that you can offer and then you can kind of exchange. So I would say for this business and any business, um, bartering I think is, is important. Um, especially if you don't have a budget, if you do have a budget, you know, invest in what you need to record. I think that's, you know, the basics of this. I would also say, um, have something to say, don't be random because there's a whole lot of content out there and you want to be able to capture somebody's attention, whether your job is to entertain, to educate, whatever that is and make it quick. Don't make people sit for 10 hours to try to get one little piece of information and then don't overwhelm them. Don't give them 50 things in one video because people are not going to remember all that stuff. Make it snackable. Um, meaning I can chew this right now now and then I, I have I have absorbed it and then I'm good to go. Um, but you don't need to be serving 15 course meals on a video. Um, I would also say something that you um, should do um, is make sure that you have covered all of your channels. I feel like some of this is just like super basic, but I'll say it anyway. Make sure that you've covered all of your channels. Um, start with your your friend base, people that you know, get them connected and liking your stuff. Um, and then start to expand. But when you're expanding, I would say consider engagement in a way that's not, um, 
these auto comments that we see all the time. Um, actually go out and talk to people. Um, Natalie has a, a, a tool that she's working on that she'll probably end up talking about on one of her podcasts soon. So I won't um, spill those beans, but <laughs> yes, um, those black beans. <laughs> <laughs> so um, be real in your engagement. Don't be fake. That's my biggest advice. Be authentic. Don't go out here pretending like you're something that you're not understand that the value that you are valuable and you have something to bring to the table, but don't like, don't do the most in the sense that, so I'll give an example. So I've been working with some, um, uh, clothing partners and I have lots of tools that help me to uncover how authentic people's audiences are. Meaning, did you buy those followers? Don't buy the followers. Side note. Um, and I have those tools. And so I use those tools anytime we're doing an engagement because I want to understand who I'm working with on the other side of the table. Are you legit or did, are these people fake? So this person's company had about 15,000 followers of which 14,500 were fake. Now, when we came to the table, she was asking from me about for 5,000 different things. Now, this wasn't a monetary exchange. It was a barter, meaning I'm going to give you access to my platform. I got about at this stage, about a little bit less than seven followers on, on Instagram. And she has about 500 real followers. But in this conversation, she's pretty much making it seem like I'm that she's doing me a favor. And I'm like, no, actually, um, you should be giving me free clothes and sending me money to do this promotion. But that's not what I'm doing right now. This is a um, black owned business, woman owned business. And I want to support what you're doing because don't please don't forget, like, I don't need clothes. I can go to Forever 21, come out with $100 and bought a whole new wardrobe. Girl, so Forever let's not 21, get... I be at the Goodwill. Y'all, y'all see, y'all got money. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, let me tell you, I have very little fashion sense. So uh, I got to go somewhere where I know somebody right. going to be like, oh, that's cute or that's not. Okay. I, I need, I need some, I need that's help. That's a fancy I'm... way of saying, girl, you ain't broke. Okay, got you. It's Forever 21. <laughs> where you... They got ten dollar jeans, girl. What? Get out of my pocket. Okay. No, I'm kidding. Okay. So you are, um, they do get them ten dollars. You right, you right, you right. <laughs> so now if I said Zara, you know, Zara was a little bit more than that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, so but what I'm what I'm saying is, you know, if I'm if I'm having a conversation with you about your five dollar t shirt, which I know that's how much it costs you to make it. And you coming at me like, oh, I need you to review my book. I need you to um, write a write a review. I need you to do a review video. When the exchange is supposed to be, here's a free shirt. Promote the shirt on your show. That's supposed to be exchange. But then she come ask for fifty thousand things, you know, because she's like, oh, well, I need to get a lot. I need to make sure that I'm getting something out of this. Well, baby, you getting something that you don't have, which is an audience, like. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. how is that not clear? But all of that to say, mm-hmm. this particular woman is pretending to be something that is, she is not mm-hmm. when it comes to social media. Not to say that she doesn't have a good business offline. I don't really know a whole lot about that. I can't speak to that. But what mm-hmm. I can speak to is when you are negotiating with an influencer, if you happen to get into that, understand right. what they bring to the table and what you bring to the table. And be respectful of people. You know, when, she, when we were having a conversation, I felt like she was treating me like a child. So that mm-hmm. from the beginning was like, well, first of all, I'm about 36. So I'm going to need you to tone down a little bit and talk to me like I'm a grown up. But the Mm -hmm. second thing is I'm not giving you hella free promotion for a $5 t-shirt. Like that's no, sir, that's not going to happen. So bottom line, know where you are, 
and be open when we, cause we t- I talked about bartering before when you're going, know what you bring to the table and then know what you don't and respect the person on the other side. Yes, 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 yes. I'm, I'm, I'm loving what you said because I have a lot of people who definitely reach out to me, um, for, uh, for affiliations, sponsorships, different things like that. And, um, or you just try in your growth, you definitely try to find ways to engage with more followers or to get more followers. And my my thing when I started picking up on the tool that I actually use, it's 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 as you say, what is gonna be the goal? I don't care. Like if I'm gonna buy followers and I might as well just buy followers. It's more so I want to trick them in making them know that, hey, I just want the increase in engagement and the increase in you actually going and searching and looking. Because at least that way, I know that you took a look into what I'm talking about. Besides, I'm just going on your picture and saying, oh, my God, I like that shirt. But you actually took a picture of your shoes. So, (laughs) you know, it's, it's, it's more to building a brand than just those tools that just want to take your money is actually working the tool on the flip end and then utilizing it to grow that engagement and asking questions, posing ideas, you know, actually hopping in those DMS and asking them about something. Um, or, or I just got an email actually like before we actually got on the show about someone that's doing something like that. And that's actually how me and Kim met. I definitely respect and take in consideration people who build it up that confidence to send an email. Cause people don't do that no more. People really don't do that guerrilla marketing. Well, email ain't even guerrilla marketing as digital marketing, but you know, <laughs> In a minute, it's about to be a dinosaur age to send an email, right? But yeah, yeah. But you know, I really respect those people. So when you're building a brand, really, honestly, pick up on those guerrilla marketing strategies because people really, at times, want to connect with people. But you know, think about it. You walk up to somebody in in public, how we walk up on social media, liking all their stuff, or or you know, following them or all in their face, we're gonna think they're a weirdo. But that's how we on social media. We're looking all in their stuff. They don't even know. We're just doing all of these different things. So I like to approach my marketing and how I connect with my followers or my fans and how I will want to do that in person. I actually go on their picture and be like, oh, my God, that was cute. Or I actually hop in their DMs like, oh, wow. Or I watch their stories, um, stuff right. like that. So I definitely, you know, want that to be said that when we're building a brand or when you're building a brand, definitely take in consideration how you're about to get these fans you know right because they're not went all the wrong way girl yeah she totally did um (laughs) because the thing is like so if you remember a few minutes ago i was saying that i had asked somebody hey where the influencers show me to point me where they are so that i can find them to work with me Mm -hmm. um i did the same thing when i was that i was looking for um apparel sponsors Mm -hmm. so i went into um i used that same method and i asked and i pretty much just asked you know who was interested in this sort of thing and I went through everybody's, you know, apparel stuff to see who I actually liked and who I wanted to partner with. And then I was like, hey, you guys look good. Let's let's have a conversation. And then it just kind of went all the way left. And I was not very <laughs> um, happy with that. And that's fine because, you know, there's a whole bunch of other people who who appreciate um, the effort and, you know, what they're getting. And we actually have conversations like this is a you know, we have relationships now where we're talking to each other regularly. Um, and that's the way that I've been able to, you know, that's how we connected. That's why I, how I've connected to, you know, with other podcasts. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. 
it's just about being authentic. I think that's the thing that people forget about with social media, that people are still real right? without the Instagram. They're still a human, you know, check mm-hmm. on, see how they doing. Like mm-hmm. what's going on? girl? I mean, you know, like you said, look at the stories, look at the, and yes, it takes time. Yeah. But the per- the point is, depending on what you're trying to do with your audience, if you just want to have numbers and don't really care, you ain't trying to monetize it. You ain't trying to grow nothing. Mm-hmm. And just buy the numbers. Like you said, that doesn't matter if you just want to look a certain way, but if you want to leverage an audience, you actually have to have a real, real person, like real story with the method I've been using to find um, new followers. I met this woman. Um, her name is Devin. So Devin is currently one of my ambassadors, but then she's also getting ready to manage, um, my sponsorship program. So she and I are getting together this weekend and we're going to go through like and build a sponsorship package so that we can start pitching it out to people no. <coughs> sponsor the show. Now, this is pretty much what she does for herself. She does not work full time. Mm-hmm. She has sponsors that she um, uses to leverage her social platform mm-hmm. and the commercials that she does on television. So this is what she does. Mm-hmm. But you know how we found a, how we developed a relationship? Looking at each other's stories. Mm-hmm. And now who was helping me to get more money right you know what I mean it, and it's not and and people who know me know that I'm not a fake person if you start a conversation with me and my direct message as long as you're not talking tra- crazy like oh girl you so fly I'm not answer I'm not responding to that because I'm not gonna reject you I'm just gonna let you be in the um in the spam box by yourself <laughs> so- that invisible inbox I don't like people be death messaging me and I didn't even know it's like who like I don't even know you message me or whatever and I've seen it like a week or two late I'm like oh my god but <laughs> I'm that's so beautiful though and in, in that like kind of connection because honestly I have no idea what I posted or what I said that sparks Kim interest but if you for me if I I like to always come from a conversational tone, a helpful tone, but at the same time, a realist. And I try to put that through every content that I put out and what I say, like, because it, it, if people, like you said, they love real, real people. So, and people have to connect with you to even get that following. Like, you know, they can, people can follow something all day, every day, and then unfollow. That don't mean they're going to continue to look at your content. It doesn't, they're going to actually listen to your podcast. That doesn't mean they're going to like your blog, anything. So you have to develop a relationship first with your customer or with your fan for them to even convert over to an actual lead or actual somebody that's going to pay into you or, 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 you know, invest into you. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I am so happy that we had this conversation because it was a legit convo. I feel like every time I talk to Kim, we be going for 10 hours. And, yeah, I <laughs> and then I'm even, like, we be talking about so much stuff and he'd be like, oh, my God, it's only been 45 minutes. It's only been an hour. Like, But <laughs> it's just when you connect with like minded individuals, you always, you know, it always goes into a whole different realm of just communication. So thank you so much, Kim. For coming on and sharing your advice and your Thank you, your journey into entrepreneurship and everything else. I'm so happy um, as far as for you and what you have coming, especially because it, it, it's just touching me a little bit more because I'm moving in that transition of healthy eating. So I definitely feel like there's going to be 
per usual, a lot of people who's going to take into this and, and, and really learn something. So any closing remarks you want to say, Kim, any um, uh, shout outs you want to give for your social yeah, I media? Mean, for sure. Yeah. I just want to, uh, you can find me actually on Instagram. Um, it might be vegan. That's M I G H T letter B vegan. I'm also, you can follow my show. Please follow my show. It's, um, vegan this not that on facebook so it's forward slash vegan this not that it's also on youtube on the culture vegan channel um and let's see what else i'm saying facebook youtube instagram i think i hate everything so i think that's where you can find me so you have me on instagram you can also oh all of my links are actually in my bio on um, instagram so if you start there Mm -hmm. you'll be able to find everything else and i'll make sure i put the as usual y'all i know y'all be tired of me saying this the show notes below <laughs> I'll make sure I have all of Kim's links. Um, so that way you can follow by just clicking on that button um, down below to read. And then you can find all of her, all of what we talked about, the fake lettuce. We talked about her healthy eating and her blogging and stuff like that. And so that will all be for you guys for your easy access. So thank you again, Kim, for always coming through and always giving your girl and dropping some gems. Thank you so much. And I'm going to end the episode here. So see you guys later. Bye. You have been listening to CEO Chats with the Brown Girl CEO. If you like me that much, please make sure that you leave me a comment and a review and also subscribe. If you want to make sure that you stay connected, follow us on all social media platforms by clicking in the show notes below. Thanks and see you next week.